Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chatty Fox Conversations with the 20-something with me, Melissa, a 20-something. Thank you guys for tuning in again to listen to another episode. So actually, before I start, funny story, I'm actually editing this episode, which is going to literally come out in a couple of hours. It's Tuesday, November 22nd, 10.41 p.m. And as I'm literally listening back to this episode, I realized that I didn't do an intro. I I literally just went in and started the wine segment because the day that I recorded it, I really wanted to open a bottle of wine and I really wanted to have it on my podcast. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do it now (laughs) so I can add it to my wine segment. And, you know, I've been doing that lately because like, girl, like... I am just so busy like you know I'm and I'm not only a student but I got a new job a part-time job and you know on top of this as well like it's just a lot and so whenever I want to open a bottle of wine so I don't have to like keep buying more I just record the wine segment part and then record the rest of the episode later when I'm also drinking wine of course but like you know sometimes we're not on the same day and you know what sue me if that makes me look fake or whatever Because, you know, lately this whole lifestyle has been hard. (laughs) It's been like a lot to juggle, but I like it. It, I'm not complaining. Though I will be complaining about my new job because, as I mentioned, yeah, actually this is the first time I mention it. I got a new job and, you know, I haven't really posted a lot about it because it's not really like what I want to do. It's not public health related. It's definitely not something that I want to do long term. It just involves a lot of driving. I'm an on-site event coordinator for this like food catering company and they cater to or they provide pop-up food services to different tech companies. So like I literally have to go to different big major tech companies and although that part has been really cool because I literally meet up with these people at these companies and also get to see the headquarters like I got to see the headquarters for Rivian I don't know if you guys have been seeing that new Tesla looking truck it's not Tesla but it looks futuristic it's called Rivian I've been there I've also been to Netflix headquarters I just went to Fandango earlier today too which I don't know if I mean Fandango is not tech but our major client pool is or are tech companies but I also go to like big other companies like I I see that they also cater to TMZ but I I mean I don't think I I can go there because um I may I mainly coordinate pop-up events so when they physically provide the food like buffet style and I think TMZ does catering but anyway not the point the point is Yeah, so that's my new job and obviously all these companies are in the middle of LA or even like Santa Monica area. So if you're from the LA area, even the valley, you already know that drive is no fucking joke. Now, you know, I grew up and always worked in the valley, so I never had to commute more than 20 minutes. So this is a whole new lifestyle for me. Like, although this job is part-time, it literally feels like full-time because... I have to be in traffic for at least an hour and sometimes like I even have to go to freaking I went to Long Beach they sent me to Long Beach two days ago so I literally had to go to Long Beach 
for four hours and then come back to the valley where I live. And I live in Silmar, so that's the very north part of the valley. So I basically have to cross the valley and cross LA or like the city to get to Long Beach. So you already like if you you if you know, you know. If you commute on the 405, then you get my frustration and why I feel so tired and why it still feels like a full-time job. But like I said, I needed a job and it's something that I want to do right now for the meantime, you know, because I need to like recover financially, you know, especially with the holidays coming up, which is, you know, a sneak peek of what this episode's about. But yeah, speaking of that, um, sorry for like the really long intro It was just a little update, I guess, about me and why I'm procrastinating literally hours before this episode is due because that is my life now. But anyway, here is my intro that I was missing and now here is the rest of the episode. Okay, so for today's wine pairing, it's perfect for today's weather. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't know if I mentioned earlier. Um, But it's raining outside. It's a nice, like, gloomy, rainy, you know, that type of afternoon. So I wanted to bring out a red wine that would just make me feel cozy and something that I can just drink while I'm watching a movie, you know. So I brought out my favorite. I've actually had this before, but it's been a while. It's called Renaissance by Reyes Winery. And it's a 2019 Pinot Noir from California. And it's 12.1% alcohol per volume. So I had Reyes Winery on my podcast before. It was on, I forgot what episode number it was, but it was the one with my stepsister where we talk about astrology. So it was kind of like during the wine tasting and it was very quick. But today I can go more into Reyes Winery. Like, who is Reyes Winery? Who owns it? What are their mission? What kind of wines do they have? All that stuff. So let's get into it. Reyes Winery is actually a local small business winery. I made a, uh, not a TikTok, a Instagram reel about them. So if you can head over to the Instagram, you can watch it there. It's just very quick. I went to visit it last time, very last minute. And actually, fun fact, their winery is located right next to my uncle's land. So my uncle actually bought land in Agua Dulce. Oh my God, I didn't even say where they're from. So they're from Agua Dulce, California. So if you don't know where Agua Dulce is at, it's kind of like passing Santa Clarita or like passing the new hall Santa Clarita area going towards Lancaster and Palmdale, but it's before that. So it's kind of like in between there on the 14 freeway if you're from the LA area you will know what I'm talking about so it's not that far from here I want to say it's like probably 25 30 minutes from where I live so it's a very local small business winery and they're located next to my tío's land so my tío and the owner are very close his name is Robert Reyes I actually met him briefly once he's really nice I wanted just to kind of give them a little shout out because their wines are really good They're very nice people. They gave me, actually, they gave me this bottle for free. So shout out to Reyes Winery. This is not sponsored. He did give me free wine, but you know, it's not because of this podcast. He literally just gave it to me because he knows my tío and he gives my tío free wine, obviously. Yeah, I recommend you guys check them out. They also have a tasting room in, actually in Valencia, like on Main Street. 
So if you know if you know what I'm talking about, they're located right there. It's a nice, cute rooftop wine tasting room. So I've been there once. It's really cute. So I recommend you going there to try their wine if you don't want to go all, all the way to their winery. But yeah, I just wanted to read their bio really quick on their website just so, I, so you can get like a clear understanding of what their mission is. Right here it says that they're a 16-acre winery slash vineyard and it was personally planted by Robert Reyes and his family. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, this is literally him, his own winery. Like he brought it from the bottom up in 20, right here it says 2004 and he only grows five grape varieties. He grows Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Muscat. From what I remember, I'm not sure if he's trying to grow more because I know he's expanding, but I just think that's really cool and he just makes different varieties of wines with those. And then right here it says that he just envisioned having a small vineyard to produce small amounts of premium wine to share that is meant to be shared with family and friends so i thought that that that, that was really cute like that's literally his message just to have wine that is premium at a low cost with your family and friends the last time i was at his uh vineyard when i was trying wine i also met um like a customer who goes there a lot who frequents there and he also knows robert reyes and he told me that he also tries to make his wine organic so i thought that was really cool too i'm not sure if it's v like if that means it's vegan too but you'll notice like how in the episode with my stepsister the rosé we had it had like sediment in it and as you may or may not know that's natural in wine so usually when you get vegan or organic wines there's like sediment in there and that's what most of his wine has too because they try not to use chemicals and additives to filter wine so they rather just leave it you know the, the way god intended it <laughs> like just naturally just drink it up so i think that was really cute that was a little brief biography of reyes winery but without further ado let's open her up you already know the drill Okay, so right away, I actually smell like some spices, like it's not fruity, or maybe it is, but it also has a little bit of spicy, like like nutmeg or something. Whoo, I told you, I'm getting good at this. So it says it has hints of cherries, dates, and fall baking spices. And you know what they put in pumpkins, pumpkin pies? They put nutmeg. Ooh, I actually love how it tastes. It tastes very, like, not sweet, like Stella, obviously, but it is sweet for a red dry wine. And it's interesting because on the bottle it says that on the palate, like, it has taste of um, s'mores, which I thought was interesting. I'm thinking maybe it's, like, chocolatey, maybe mixed with, like, the spices, kind of like bread, like graham crackers and chocolate. I don't know. That's really good. I like this one. I love Pinot Noir, so I'm gonna give this a 9 out of 10. This one's really good. I haven't done this in a while. I feel bad. But if this wine was a person, I think it would be Mariah Carey. <laughs> because, okay, since it gave me like like hints of spices and s'mores, it just like made me think of cozy vibes. And this is a very cozy type of wine. 
So when I think of cozy vibes, I think of Christmas. And then I also think of Mariah Carey, duh. And then, of course, there's other hints of like fruitiness and sweetness. And, you know, Mariah Carey is sweet. So I don't know. I, th- I thought that was a cute like comparison. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think that was a great one. I love Mariah Carey. She is a good Pinot Noir to me during this Christmas season. But actually, speaking of seasons and like the holidays before Christmas, because I know everyone's like dying for it to be Christmas, but we haven't gone to Thanksgiving yet. And along or around Thanksgiving time, there's a wine holiday and it's called Beaujolais Nouveau Day. Today's wine lesson, before I get into today's topic, is basically just like, what is Beaujolais Nouveau Day? So basically, Beaujolais Nouveau Day is, well, historically, it was made to celebrate the new harvest or like the first bottled wine of the new harvest, which is Beaujolais Nouveau. So that's why when it's Beaujolais Nouveau Day, they release the new wine from the new harvest on the third Thursday of November. So this year, on in 2022, it's going to be on November 17th, which I'm hoping if I'm able to edit this episode on time, it will be tomorrow because I'm hoping to release this on November 16th, just in time for Bougelin Nouveau Day. So hopefully that's it. But if that's not the case, if let's say this is weeks after, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can probably still find it at the store because they're still going to be out. But yeah, this new wine is literally called Beaujolais Nouveau, and it's basically just a red wine made from Gamay grapes in the Beaujolais region of France. And since, like I mentioned, this is the first wine of the, like the new harvest, it's bottled only six to eight weeks after harvest, which is crazy because you know how wine usually takes a lot more months or even years to mature. So as you can imagine, this is a very light wine with not that much robust flavor because it's very young. The article that I'm going to link in my bio basically described it as like this red wine is trying really hard to be a white wine because it's trying to be very young, bright, and light in color as well. So it's very light in color. Beaujolais Nouveau is mainly celebrated in the town of Beaujolais, which is in France. And... They like to usually chant, oh my god, I'm going to try to say this, but they have a chant and it says, Le Beaujolais Nouveau est arrive. (laughs) I don't even know how you say arrive in France, but you can pretty much tell what that means. That they always cry, the Beaujolais Nouveau has arrived on the third Thursday of November. And like I said, this is mainly in like the Beaujolais region in France, but it's celebrated not only in all over France, but all over the world. So something interesting that I found on this website that I'm going to link in the bio, it's said that there's over a million cases of Beaujolais Nouveau that travels from France to different countries all around the globe. And by the time the celebration has wrapped up, which I'm guessing either the end of the day or like the end of the week type of thing, over 65 million bottles which is half the regions uh, half oh sorry which is half the region's entire production cuz remember this wine is grown in Beaujolais France will have shipped all over the world and enjoyed by various people which i thought was crazy 
that's basically the gist of what Beaujolais Nouveau Day is. And I hope this makes you want to try Beaujolais Nouveau, which you'll find at your local wine store on the third Thursday of November, which is tomorrow. So make sure you go look it out, look out for it, try it out, let me know. I feel like even if you're not a wine drinker, I think you'll love it because as I mentioned before, it's a very young wine. So it's very light in flavor and it's not too crazy, not too bitter. And it goes with a lot of foods too. Like I mentioned before in many, many episodes, light wine usually goes well with like lighter, fresh foods. And actually, lucky enough, because this wine is released so close to Thanksgiving, it pairs really well with Thanksgiving food. So I'm talking turkey, mashed potatoes, cheesy sauces like mac, mac and cheese or like creamy pasta and even ham as well. Because it's so light and not complex, it'll really pair well with these like lighter meats and simple dinners and the spices as well from like the the thanksgiving type of food so like like i mentioned nutmeg and like i'm thinking like stuffing like flavors and stuffing that'll pair well in a contrasting way with this very light and fruity wine so i hope that made sense if you want to try it out for yourself go to your local wine store and take it to your next thanksgiving party like if your family invites you to one and you wanna, you don't want to show up empty-handed, this would be a great wine bottle that's perfect for everyone. Now, of course, before we get into today's topic, let's take a little wine break and we'll be right back. So we're back. And like I mentioned in the beginning, today I wanted to kind of like get into the spirit of the holidays and just basically vent in a way as well, because I feel like a lot of people can relate to this in a way. And I'm basically going to be talking about holiday anxiety and stress. So that's why I named this episode, uh, Hot Girls Have Holiday Anxiety, because you know, it's, I just feel like it's very common and also just not maybe as talked about as I would expect it. Like, you know, people talk about mental health, but like specifically like holiday anxiety, which is different than, I don't know if it's different. Maybe it's related related to seasonal depression, but the way I'm thinking about it and what I kind of just wanted to vent about is just like how stressful really like the holidays is and even though it's like a fun time to hang out with people and to just do all these traditions at the same time there's still underlying anxiety and I just kind of wanted to talk about that because I don't I don't know exactly like how this stems I was just interested to see like why people feel this way and what people do to cope with it and in a way like I said this is just me venting about it because I don't think I've ever talked about it with anyone so what better way to do that than here on my podcast? First, it's important to acknowledge what exactly is holiday anxiety or how it shows up or like how it comes up in people's lives. So it can be very broad, like holiday anxiety and stress can be shown as many different things. So for example, I found this article that talked about different signs of holiday anxiety and to see if it's serious or not. And it mentions that it can be various things from like the stress of gift giving, 
financial burdens or if you're hosting holidays this year or maybe even like a tragedy happened that year like a death in the family and this one's like the first holiday without them it's just many different aspects and I just wanted to dive them dive deeper into them because I'm like okay for me personally I get holiday stressed because I just get like overwhelmed with like the events of being with family or being with friends just like having to attend all these events like if you listen to my people pleasing episode you would know that it's hard for me to say no you can just imagine how much stress and anxiety that gives me because I'm like okay I need to go here with my family plus here with my significant other and his family plus here with my friends and it's just so many plans that you know don't get me wrong obviously it's fun when I'm there fun to hang out with these people but in like the anticipation and and anxiety leading up to it is a lot for me so that's what personally I deal with around holiday times to be honest some years even it's gotten to the point where I kind of dreaded them it just varies for different people like the reasons I could either be dreading it because something happened in my family and I just don't want to deal with that or I can even be dreading it because I'm just not in the mood honestly like sometimes that's just it sometimes you're just not in the mood to be like socializing with people and that's also okay like if you feel that way you shouldn't feel bad about feeling that way sorry if you hear my sister but anyway yeah like i like i was saying it can be that or you know i can't relate to this because i live at home but you know some people don't live at home they live away and they have to travel to spend time with their family and sometimes that adds even more stress like especially you have to fly to your parents house or drive for hours especially like let's say you can't get the days off of work and you have to drive during rush hour or like pay hundreds of dollars on a plane ticket you know it just there's many different layers you know that is understandable as well maybe that's a reason too why some people are like you know what I don't want to go home for the holidays or maybe they pick one holiday over the other like maybe they're like I'd rather go for Christmas than Thanksgiving so I've seen that I've seen people like not go home for Thanksgiving (laughs) and I've never lived far away from my family where that would be the case for me but I understand that for you know people who are out of state or something sometimes it's just hard and it's okay and I feel like that's which I'll get into more later I feel like there's other ways that you can you know create your own holiday traditions or hang out with other people and still feel like the holiday spirit you know but before I get into that um I did want to continue just talking about the different examples of holiday stress and anxiety and how it's shown personally for me so as I mentioned going home for the holidays that anxiety can even go even deeper Why are you so anxious and stressed for going home for the holidays? I mentioned already like the planning and the financials, but it can also be like your family. Like honestly, like seeing your family, especially if you know certain people are going to be there. Maybe you've had bad experiences with them before, different beliefs, you know, if you know, you know, everyone has that uncle or aunt who is very judgmental and doesn't have the same beliefs as you. 
and maybe they're like MAGA, <laughs> they're Trumpies, you know, and because they're quote-unquote family, they're gonna be there. So I guess just a little example, um, there's someone in like my family, they're not like blood family to me, but they're like, like, you know, part of like the married into the family type of thing. But, you know, for the most part, they'll be there at big events like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, this family member is like very religious and I feel like it's very extreme. So it's not literally just like, oh, you know, like I'm a Christian. I like traditional marriage. No, like his point of view with life is so crazy Oh my god, and just to give like a little example of how extreme his views are, not only does he like 100% not want his daughter to be in public school, like he's like, oh, the public school system like is brainwashing these kids. So he has his daughter like full on like homeschooled because he like doesn't like the public school system. That's how extreme he is. But also, like, with everything that he tells you, he connects it to the Bible and any, like, Old Testament or any, like, scripture, whatever it is. Like, you can even be talking to him about, like, oh, yeah, like, I I went to the store and, you know, I saw this couple fighting and blah, 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 and they said this and that. And he'll be like, oh, well, did you know that in the scripture, they, you know, are supposed to fight? Like, that's that's healthy and this and that and this and that. And I'm just like, bitch, that has nothing to do with what I just told you. <laughs> so that's just like an example. So you can have like a visual in your head, like know what kind of family member I'm talking about. And it's just very extreme. And not only that, he loves to like debate and just keep talking. Like, not only does he not have a filter, but he doesn't, I feel like he just doesn't have the social awareness of like knowing when the right time and place to have these type of conversations is. So that's basically in a nutshell, like a little example of like a typical family member that would maybe dissuade you from wanting or discourage you from wanting to show up at like the Thanksgiving party or maybe socialize with them. Like that's totally understandable. Maybe if your personality is more stronger or more strong than mine, maybe you'd be able to like tell this person to shut up or like mind their business. But me, I just tend to like avoid it, I guess. Or, you know, if I know that they're there, maybe I just won't. I will do my absolute best to not get anything near that realm of like discussion, you know? So you can do that as well if you don't have a strong personality like personality like I do. But, you know, that's one example of why holiday stress can be rooted with, like, a certain family member being at the event. And, you know, like, another thing that I realized that I relate to more when in regards to holiday stress is, for me personally, it comes from having to split my time equally among like my family members or like my significant others families too as well during the holidays like you know if you listen to my episode about people pleasing then you know it's hard for me to say no and I always feel like I need to people please and honestly I think this is like a big thing or big rooted reason for my constant holiday anxiety holiday anxiety because I had to deal with it even when I was little 
And like, I feel like if you have divorced parents, you would understand. Like having to split holidays and time between two different people that you love or two different households. Like, come on, if you have divorced parents, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, maybe at one point it'll be like cool because it's like, oh, I get two presents or I get two different dinners at Thanksgiving. And it's like, yeah, that's cool and all. But like, you know what else I would like for Christmas? My family to like be cordial (laughs) and be in one place, you know, (laughs) like it's all fun and games. But at one point it's going to get to you. And it got to me. And I feel like that's maybe the reason why I feel that way or why I feel like I need to split my time because I've just been so used to it. Like I've never spent, I don't know, I'm saying never, but maybe I just don't remember. But like I never spent a holiday in one place. Like I've always had to get up and go somewhere else. Maybe I had like another dinner to go to like my dad or I went from like my dad to like my tias because that's where my mom is at or something like that and you know that type of stress has led even into my adult life because I have a partner now and it's like oh we have to split our time and my partner even has like two different families and so there's two different dinners with him as well and it's like oh that leads me to another point um there's a point where you should realize or I should realize too I'm speaking to myself here that at some point splitting your time so much is gonna get to you like emotionally and it's not even quality time at the end of the day so there was one Thanksgiving where I literally went to three dinners like I I felt like I had to go to these three dinners and I did and don't get me wrong like I had fun at these dinners but at the end of the day I literally like was so tired and emotionally drained from going to all these different dinners and I felt like it wasn't like quality time like I don't think I can remember like a quality thing from each dinner because I was too worried about like oh we should leave at this time to get to this other dinner at this time and at that point it's not really quality time it's like quantity And also, if that doesn't convince you enough, I mean, I like drinking wine. If you like drinking wine and getting drunk at holiday parties, you can't party hop and drive after. If you like drinking wine at your Thanksgiving dinner, that's going to be hard for you to party hop. I think that's where I should have just drew the line or maybe picked at least two, maybe, and just had fun because I feel like I wasn't as present as as maybe I would have wanted to. So that's just an example of how that gave me holiday stress and anxiety because according to this article, the same article I mentioned, isolation or social withdrawal, actually, that was the word that they had on here. And I can attest to that. Like, I really felt like at one point I just wasn't in the mood and I just wasn't feeling it. Or maybe I just didn't want to go and it had nothing to do with the people or the party because it really does drain you. So I feel like it's really important to be aware of that and know your limits, I guess. I don't know. I really don't have other advice because I, I suck at this. Like I, I don't follow my advice. So if you have advice for me, if you know how I can deal with this, this year, how I can set boundaries, set my limits, say no, please reach out to me. I would greatly appreciate it. (laughs) I guess 
you know, take my advice with a grain of salt because I'm literally basing my advice off of research and personal experiences. And, you know, I'm already talking about this and already getting anxious for this year because I don't even know what we're going to do. Um, I know my family wants to do something non-traditional. We, uh, my family actually wants to make birria this year instead of like a turkey dinner, uh, which is cool. Like, you know, obviously a break, like especially since... I'm going to two dinners probably. That would be a nice like contrast. But I'm already gonna like be anxious of like how I'm gonna split my time. Because as I mentioned, like it's just something that I think about. I always have it in the back of my head. And I don't know if anyone else agrees with me or can relate, but it's just something that every year I always think about. And yeah, that's kind of like the main rooted reason of my holiday anxiety. But you know what? I feel like that's where setting boundaries comes in. I have to set boundaries with myself. Like I mentioned, no more than two dinners. I'm not going to try that party hopping thing anymore. And then also like just being honest with people. Maybe if I really don't feel like going somewhere, then I think it's okay to leave early or to not go. If there's someone there that's going to make you uncomfortable. I personally, thankfully don't have that type of situation I think (laughs) but I know there's people who really do like there's there's just that one family member that they're like no under no under no circumstances will I ever be in the same room with that person and that's fine if you want to go then be honest with your family and let them know that you don't want them to be there and if they go you will leave and that's fine I just think that's honestly like that's a really good way of like protecting your peace and something that even I have to practice and you know what if you have like a tia or tío who always ask you oh y y el novio y la novia donde están like where where's your girlfriend your boyfriend just tell them to mind their business like it's not their problem it's your life and you know what whatever happens happens and you're not going to share with them if you don't want to so Like I said, that leads to the same thing. Protect your peace, set boundaries, let people know what you're willing to talk about at Thanksgiving dinner and what you're not willing to talk about in Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, so another reason why people probably get like holiday holiday stress and anxiety is if you're hosting. So that could be either a Friendsgiving or you're hosting your family's Thanksgiving dinner. Like that's very stressful in in it of itself. Is that you say in it of itself? I don't know. Anyway, you get you get what I'm saying. So me, I actually like hosting parties, and this was me last year. I hosted my friend's giving and my friend's Christmas party, and it was a lot of fucking work. Like hosting is really, it not only is it a lot of work, it's a lot of money, and especially if you're doing it by yourself it's like it's you're the ones hosting it so you have to really rely on yourself and it's a lot of work a lot of stress things that I've learned from when I hosted parties last year is that I think it's best to just tell your friends or your family a very early time to show up because people will be late in the holiday season because they're gonna dress up or they're gonna cook food if it's a potluck and you know people are just late like trust me even I know sometimes I'm late as well I get it things happen 
even traffic especially like if your friendsgiving is on the wednesday before thanksgiving like you just have to know that there's going to be traffic especially if you if you know people are coming on the freeway there's going to be traffic so i suggest telling them at least like two to three hours before the actual start time i know it sounds like a lot but trust me i had a friendsgiving where i told people to show up at six and some people came at eight so just saying <laughs> if you know you know who you are all right i did a tiktok on it so go look at my tiktok so what I found helped me with this type of holiday stress and anxiety is to plan ahead. Obviously, I planned way far in advance. I bought all of my stuff far in advance because, you, you know, nowadays, like, the Christmas stuff is out on Halloween. Like, nowadays, they're just going to be out early and they're going to run out early or maybe the prices will not go down. So it's best to just go early make a list of what you need and honestly like what helped with me is that the dollar tree has a lot of cute stuff a lot of decor for your party like for example i got a table runner at the dollar tree and it was a cute table runner and obviously this is if you don't really care about like the brand or how much it is like it, that's just a really cute inexpensive idea because they have cute like themed table covers and you can get you can still get like nice looking plates for a dollar as well and you can use them again like i still have them here for this year and then there's also little like balloons here and there obviously if you want like the lettered balloons you have to go on amazon but you get the point like just do your shopping and if you do it early it won't be as stressful if you do it last minute i know some people are like i work better last minute under stress if you do, okay, you do you then. That's not me. So I like to do it early and I like to plan because if I do everything last minute, I'm going to freak out and have a panic attack and cry at the store. Honestly, I mentioned the potluck and that's also a very cost-effective, less stressful thing because you don't have to cook everything. Honestly, I hosted my Friendsgiving and because I was providing the house and I was providing the decor... I did not cook. I was like, you know what? Everyone else can bring food. I'm providing everything else, literally. So you can do that too. You're the host. You get to say what you want for the party. So that's my little suggestion. Don't overwhelm yourself already. It's okay if you don't cook. Or if you want to buy a pie, that's what I did. I just provided a pie. And that can maybe ease the stress a little bit because according to this article also, I was reading that with like hosting usually can also cause a lot of like obviously the usual like symptoms of stress and anxiety but also it can cause like in insomnia so you might be like oh holiday stress and anxiety like that's that doesn't apply to me but if you're hosting and obviously it's like typical stress but the holiday stress on top of that can also lead to like just you overthinking about things and then not being able to sleep. And if you don't get enough sleep, how are you going to be a good host to your friends? How are you going to have fun at your own party? That's the most important part. You need to have fun at your own party. Like, yeah, you need to make sure everything runs smoothly. But once the party starts, you just let loose. Have fun. Enjoy what what's that saying you reap no that's not the right one basically just enjoy 
your hard work. <laughs> I know there's an actual saying, but basically just enjoy the hard work that you put in and the effort and everyone will be proud and thankful for you. Now, I did mention this briefly in the beginning, but another like big holiday stress and anxiety or like the reason that can cause that as well for people is if they recently lost a family member or you know just a tragedy happened and like this tragedy can mean different things like I mentioned a death in the family or it can even be a divorce after like being married for so many years and you have kids because that's a big change as well or even just a simple breakup like even if you don't have kids or you're not married that doesn't mean it doesn't have the same effect on your emotions and your lifestyle. So obviously that's a big change, especially during the holiday season, you know, cuffing season, they say. So you're alone. Now you don't have anyone to like bring as your holiday date or like to cuddle with. But yeah, basically if that is your case, this is basically like the first holidays without the person that you're missing or the person that you separated yourself from. And that in it in it of itself is like I said, a big change, but also it can really do a lot to you emotionally. You know, this article even mentioned that, of course, if you already suffer from depression, maybe, you know, seasonal depression would be more heightened during these times because you don't have this person here, the one that you would share these moments with. And it became customary that you did not realize that you would have to finally deal with them alone or like not without the person so basically for example like me in 2019 my grandma passed away in July so it it was still very kind of close to the holiday seasons and I don't know if this may or may not apply to you but for me my grandma was like the rock of the family the core she obviously led these Thanksgiving dinner and the prayers that went on and, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, like, she's literally, like, the woman of the house. And, you know, since she passed away, obviously, these get-togethers were different. Like, now it felt like there was no rock or no guidance, no center. You know what I mean? Like, that was what I went through in 2019. And it just felt very different. Like, you know, and it was even harder on my mom, obviously. And... So it's like a thing that I not only I had to deal with, but like seeing my mom deal with it, like that's a whole other layer to it as well that led to my holiday stress and depression at that time. So I can see how that's like also very hard on someone or or actually especially if you live far from your family and you either A, didn't grieve with them or you didn't have the opportunity to grieve the way that you wanted to with your family maybe this could lead to like I said social isolation social withdrawal you probably don't even want to celebrate the holidays anymore because you know that person's not here so there's no point I totally get that or or even like let's turn it into the marriage perspective if you divorced from your long-lost partner and now you have to celebrate the holidays alone or with your kids by yourself AKA you now have to have your own like tradition. You have to have your own holiday celebration without this person that you were so used to doing it with. 
oh my god that's actually really hard to think about <laughs> now that i'm t saying it out loud oh now i feel bad for whoever got divorced i'm so sorry <laughs> i hope like i just i obviously never gone through that but i have seen it obviously because my parents are divorced but it's just it's really hard and as i was reading this article it just suggested that you know first and foremost acknowledge your feelings and maybe talk to someone it could be a third party you know like i feel like i don't know i feel like therapists therapists <laughs> i can't talk anymore i feel like therapists have very high call names around this time because holiday stress and holiday anxiety can like really depress someone so i feel like maybe that'll make you not feel alone if you like talk to a third party about your feelings and acknowledge them and work through them and you know just take your time grieving because you know it's it's a new life it's a new life now and you have to start making your own traditions your own celebration and that's why i mentioned it earlier how like you know this could be a time to really start celebrating their life or if it's a divorce you can start celebrating the new traditions that you're going to have with your kids or your own life now apart from your past life if that makes sense i don't know see that that's what i'm saying holiday stress depression anxiety has so many layers it's different for everyone and that's why i thought this was like interesting to talk about because i've never talked about it with anyone especially talking about my own feelings about it because i definitely go through it every year obviously i'm excited for the holidays but i'm also like under like underlying feelings very stressed and anxious about what will go on because if i'm being honest every year like although i've had great memories things happen things will happen people's feelings get hurt if i don't a show up to their dinner or if i don't spend time with them or if something doesn't work out or you know a tragedy happened i don't know just i feel like something always happens i don't know so i i just i don't know i just hope i hope this episode kind of like gave you an insight on me personally and how i view holiday anxiety stress and depression and if you feel this way i hope maybe now you know you're not alone you know i you can talk to me about it even though i don't talk to anyone about it you can be the one who makes the first move because i'm not gonna do it <laughs> or this is basically my first move so their ball is in your court if you're open to talk to me or even to come on the podcast and talk to me about this or talk to me about this conversation I, I'm, I'm open to it like I'm more than happy to have this conversation because I feel like it's very hidden or very hush hush because yeah there's seasonal depression but like easily like holiday anxiety can lead to so many different reasons and layers that are not actually talked about a lot or maybe even like give each other advice because like I said I don't I don't take my advice i may have a little bit here and there that i just mentioned but at the end of the day it was just an article i read and you know just common basic advice for mental health in general but i feel like now that you know how i feel about holiday anxiety if you have better advice for me 
tell me. I'm way more open about it now. But yeah, that was basically today's episode. My little spiel on holiday anxiety. Now with Thanksgiving being literally in two days and my Friendsgiving being tomorrow, I'm going to definitely need more wine to deal with that feeling I just got right now. (laughs) Thinking about all the plans I have within the next few days. And again, let me reiterate, I love having plans with friends and family. I love my friends and family. And this has nothing to do with how I feel about them. I hope that I came across clear with that because this is more mainly like my mind making me feel things, you know, you know, if you know, you know, like, I don't, I hope I don't have to explain that because that is a whole different topic, mental health in general. But yeah, with that being said, let me end it on a little higher note. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and just found little like topic points to have conversations with your friends about or even me. Or if it even sparked your interest to try Bougelet Nouveau, please let me know. Post it on Instagram and tag my Instagram at the chatty fox underscore. I would love to see what you thought about it and what your friends and family thought about it if you took it to your Thanksgiving dinner. And please remember, if you do feel any of these things, just, you know, talk to someone or just give yourself some grace, give yourself some time. And, you know, if like, for example, if you love reading, I suggest you do some reading, give yourself some time before all of the hecticness and festivities. And if you don't do well under pressure like me, give yourself time, plan ahead. Like I literally need to start planning on what I'm aware tomorrow because I did not think about that. And I'm already stressing out because I don't know what I'm aware tomorrow or Thursday. But thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow my podcast, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the chatty fox underscore. And if you like today's episode, make sure that you follow my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. And give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that will really go a long way for me and just expose my podcast to different people so I can have uh, new audiences and new followers in the future. So thank you guys so much and I'll see you next week for another episode. Happy holidays. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe out there and protect your mental health. See you next week. Bye.